Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. I'm your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories and give you a behind-the-scenes look at the life of a technology reporter. We'll learn about the person behind the byline and get their thoughts on the top trending stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. All right, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and we are here at the RSA conference. Um, I'm with Tony Wells, and we are joined with Sean Kerner. Yay! He is yay. the yay the senior editor of eWeek and the Quinn Street Enterprise family of publications. So thanks for uh, joining us today. We're excited to talk to you. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we want to get your take on some of the trends in the industry, what you cover, and also a little bit about the RSA conference too. Um, so you have kind of a different reporting style than some other journalists, right? Um, you cover product news, cover a lot of a lot of companies in the industry. You've been reporting for a long time. So give the listeners just a kind of an overview of of your style and how you you approach things. Sure, my style is really really quite basic. I write all the things, all period, the period, things period. Uh, pretty much anything that is of interest to me as a uh, technology user and a one-time practitioner wannabe, because standard joke is those who know how to do things do the things, those who don't write about it. So I wish I could do things, more things, but I write about it. So uh, I write certainly about security, which is why we're here at RSA. Uh, I write about cloud, which is an adjunct to uh, security, uh, core networking, because that was my original background. Uh, I write about Linux, open source, uh, enterprise application development, and a few other things in between. Uh, the style uh, varies depending on my caffeine intake for any given day. So you'll find shorter stories or on days where I've had less coffee. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, it just depends. I like doing a mix of different things. So uh, product announcements can be interesting sometimes, uh, certainly for security. Uh, core research can also be very interesting, not always. Uh, macro trends, certification compliance, also uh, certainly interesting for me. Uh, so I'll cover all those different things. And then just business stuff. Uh, I don't do as much on uh, venture capital funding and the like, but that's a core part of the business, and it helps to inform the, the larger trends. So uh, I also like to go uh, as deep as I can on the technical side because uh, in this line of work, uh, there's a lot of abstraction, and abstraction is sometimes a, a good thing, right? Because uh, it makes things simpler, but it also abstracts what that technology is actually doing. So I always like to ask, uh, how does this work? Uh, and that can be a fun conversation. So, Sean, actually, just probably 10 years ago, I remember being in an interview with you with Marty Resch. Sure, and retired. Well, more or less, yeah, just retired and, and doing his own thing again or, or looking to. But it was, it was fascinating because the moment you sat down, it was very obvious that you were not only a reporter, you were a technology user. You were actually, you started asking very, very detailed questions about Snort, how it worked, how he was updating it, and because you were a user of Snort, yeah. as I recall. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, as I, I think that gives you a different perspective on some of this. Does that make, as a user and, and having that knowledge, does it make you more cynical? Does it make you more choosy in your stories? Um, I, I think, personally, I think it also adds a layer of depth, but I, I kind of want to hear from you how that plays in. Sure. I'm at the point in my career where I get to choose the stories I write. Uh, so I choose things that are interesting to me, and those are typically things that I have used, would like to use, or 
uh, may have used at some point in the past. So with Snort in particular, I was a user. Uh, and it was a thrill to meet uh, to meet Marty, and I've had the good chance to meet with him many times since, but now he's uh, not at Cisco. But yeah, uh, having that insight into how things work is helpful. It makes me very cynical, because sometimes people will make claims that I know can't be accurate. Uh, sometimes I like to challenge them, and sometimes not. Uh, so, you know, simply just doing uh, stenography and writing what people tell you is not what I like. Uh, so yeah, it being engaged and understanding how something works uh, is helpful, and that very early in my career was very helpful for me because I would write stories early on that were just um, straight up uh, reporting, as it were. They said this, this is what happened, without that additional insight. Uh, and uh, I didn't learn until a couple years into the business that you never feed the trolls. Uh, so I would engage them, and through that exercise, it made me a better uh, reporter uh, to ding that in. So I'm not saying people should feed trolls, don't feed trolls, people listening to this. Uh, but if anyone's listening to this wonderful podcast, comment nicely, say nice things. But yeah, so uh, taking that feedback, the quality of understanding is, is critical because otherwise, what is it? It's just, we're just repeating stuff over and over and over and then there's, there's no point. Having that little bit of insight is uh, what I'd like to hope is the key differentiator that I've got. So at RSA this week, this is one of the big, this is the biggest RSA yet. It grows and grows every single year. What, from your perspective, do, should companies be doing to cut through the noise and to, you know, make an impression? There's no right answer to that question uh, because there is almost nothing new. Uh, there's only, well, the theme of this conference is better, right? So you can do things a little bit better or adjust. Um, what I like, uh, you see a lot of product marketers here, which is fantastic, and I love product people, and that's a good thing. Product people will talk about features and functionality, and that's great. Differentiating on that when everybody's doing the same thing um, is uh, a near impossible task. You have to lay out what your features are and functions, but that's, that's hard. Uh, when you get into some of the more the use case stuff, uh, I, I like people when they bring up their customers, when they talk about how something worked, how it was able to do something, and people explain that. That's an interesting way to, to differentiate. It's not necessarily hard news, because in my line of work, standard you know, journalist kind of thing is, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Uh, nobody wants to know that you know, something worked. They want to know that it broke. That's why half the people in my line of work write about breaches. I uh, can't write about you know, company X didn't get breached today, because that's not news. But uh, understanding how somebody was able to do something that prevented something, that's interesting. The other thing that I like, uh, personally, is when there are quantifiable metrics. Because otherwise, it's just words. So when you have metrics and you could say, this is more than that, or this can do this by X amount more than Y, uh, then it's something measurable, and then you have something to hang your hat on, as it were, as opposed to just uh, empty platitudes. So um, with, over, with a big social media following that you have, over uh, 70,000 followers, how have I'm you- counting more people. Follow me, at Tech Journalist. Yes, <laughs> please follow him at Tech Journalist. Um, but with that many followers, how are you seeing the evolution of social media and how it plays into your your job and companies like companies too? Uh, I would not be where I am today without social media, so I'm very thankful for it. Uh, for me, I do not use Facebook full disclosure for various reasons. I'm not a fan of privacy or lack thereof on that platform. Uh, but for me, I've got a separate, in my home office uh, and work office, I've got a separate dedicated screen just for Twitter. It's how I discover new things. It's how I interact with people in real time. It's how I extend my message. Uh, it's how I get corrections, too, because sometimes people will fill out comment forms, but you get more real-time reactions. So uh, Twitter in the tech news space is absolutely critical and is part of my day-to-day -day experience. Do I waste time on it? Yeah. 
Uh, have I clicked on more than my fair share of you know, Marvel movie trailers in the middle of the day when I should have been writing? <laughs> sure. Do I watch too many you know, things on latest things that are coming on Star Trek? Yeah, but if, if you can kind of cut through that a little bit, it's, it's a very uh, useful tool sometimes, um, and especially during the nine to five business hours, whether we're talking East Coast or West, uh, it, it can be highly effective both to engage with people in my line of work in the journalism business, uh, sometimes end users, and certainly uh, vendors. And then this is a question that we ask on the podcast to all of our guests, but looking into, you know, we're already in March of 2019, looking to March. the... I thought it was just January. I, yeah, I know. I? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> but looking at 2019, you know, what are some trends that you're seeing in the industry? What is going to be a big headline in 2019? Big headline in 2019. Everything is broken. No. Uh, the, the marvelous thing that I see is the... Uh, what will emerge over the next quarter is the ridiculous decline in cryptocurrency mining or crypto jacking. Uh, as of March 7th, uh, and I'm not sure what day this will, will be posted, but as of March 7th, CoinHive no longer exists. And for the first quarter of last year and for much of last year, CoinHive was showing up on every research report that I saw as like a number one threat or top threat. And that's just gone. So something like that being completely eradicated is, is astounding. Uh, the other thing I think uh, that will continue to emerge and started uh, a little bit in 2017, a little bit more in 18, uh, in 19 you're going to see a ton of this is this idea of multi-cloud. Multi-cloud not being, okay, I've got two different uh, uh, regions of Amazon data centers, but more that people are using Amazon data centers, they're using uh, Google GCP, Microsoft, and their own on-premise in all kinds of different configurations uh, and the security implications of policy, uh, across all those things. That is a ridiculously complicated thing, uh, and that's hard. The other thing I think we're going to see more of this year is uh, is emphasis on um, understanding risk, uh, because there's been a theme, especially at RSA, for many years, ever since RSA had their uh, breach a number of years ago. You can't prevent breaches. Okay, fine, we'll, we'll take that as a given, perhaps. But continuing to be able to, to manage and, and understand risk uh, one of the better sessions that I've been to here this week is one on super forecasting. Because regular forecasting is not super, but yeah, it's super forecasting. But uh, long story short, fancy math to actually uh, figure things out. Because just guessing that, you know, company X is at risk is not good enough. You Applying advanced analytics, math, and tricks are a good way to do things. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. So going back to RSA for a second. So we're on Wednesday of RSA. What's the one or two most interesting things? You just managed mentioned the one panel, but what are the, you know, from the show floor or from other places, what are the what are the most interesting things you're hearing about? Most interesting things I'm hearing about. I met a guy on the show floor uh, from a company called Dust Identity. They're using diamond dust to put on firmware and then attaching that to blockchain because you've got to have everything in there. Everything's got to be blockchain. So that way you can uniquely verify that hardware has not been tampered with. That's... Easily the most unique thing that I've heard of, uh, and that's just kind of really what does that work? How? Who? What? Yeah, diamonds? Really? No, but because apparently, yeah, diamond dust is unique. I did not know. I'm not in the diamond business. I don't wear diamonds. Uh, I bought my wife one at one point, but I don't know about them beyond that. So, yeah, that was that was really uh, a quite interesting. Um, I was in the the NSA session where they um, uh, announced Ghidra, which is a reverse engineering tool. And my goodness, I got to tell you, uh, you know, my eyes, uh, I, in the middle of the day, my eyes just opened up. I was like, wow. Because uh, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, uh, I've been a user of different tools. Uh, some of those are expensive commercial tools, so we don't need to name names. Uh, Ghidra is, 
is a, an amazing reverse engineering tool that will redefine an entire class of tools for this industry, and it's free from the NSA if you trust them, uh, and we'll leave that question alone. But that was also amazing. The other amazing thing that I saw this week was a session on 2FA. What was it? It was a session called uh, How to Get Johnny to Use 2FA. And the idea was you know, two-factor authentication. Instead of just having a username and a password, uh, because credential stuffing is a risk, people reuse passwords, they're stolen, use it again, is that you have a second factor so you're able to log in. Uh, most people, uh, not me, and I hope most of the people on this podcast, uh, stop listening, apply 2FA right now. That's the best thing you can do for your security, I'm telling you. Use 2FA. I don't care whether it's Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, use 2FA. Uh, why people don't use it. Uh, and it was, these were uh, psychologists from a university, and I don't remember the name, uh, who had done this uh, research and they explained it and it was just really amazing. People reuse passwords. Why? They don't understand the risk. And then uh, these two uh, lovely researchers had sh put up this video and what they showed was, you know, you wouldn't use your toothbrush to clean your toilet. Uh, you don't reuse your toothbrush. And, that, that's a, and the, the idea was that you need to get this visceral response so that people will understand this is bad, don't do it. Because yeah. people don't uh, attribute that. And that's just, just a high level. There are a few other things. Uh, as you mentioned, Tony, this is Wednesday. I've probably been in 20 meetings and more sessions than I care to count. So I'm probably forgetting somebody and omitting somebody and probably one of your marvelous W2 clients who I'm sure are doing fantastic things here as well. And a shout out to all the W2 clients because you have good representation. Appreciate that. Uh, of course. And then just another part of our, our podcast is to get a little bit m to know more about your background. So have you always wanted to cover this space? Have you always been interested in journalism? Yeah, I was born as the tech journalist. That, that's why I got that name. No. That. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wanted to be an engineer and go to the moon, but Elon Musk is going to beat me to it, uh, and that's good for him. But no, uh, I started off doing tech stuff, and then uh, things happen. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, you know, people that know how to do stuff actually are doing stuff. Uh, I was in an environment one time in the late 90s where that's what I was doing. Uh, crashed 2001, things changed. Uh, and then I was uh, started just by writing things about things that I knew about because I saw other people writing and I was a troll, uh, frankly, and I say, hey, this is wrong. And an editor reached out to me at one point and said, hey, you think it's wrong? You write, you, you do it. Go ahead. And I'm like, all right. Uh, and that's how it started. And that's 20 years and still doing the same thing. And somehow I'm able to uh, afford food and, you know, a new pair of shoes every so often. Awesome. Well, Sean, it's been really great having you on the podcast. I know we've been wanting to get you on our show for a while now. We um, always cover or we always follow your stories and uh, look forward to seeing everything you write about. So um, definitely follow Sean on Twitter and follow his stories. And um, thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's Sean Kerner at Tech Journalist. And thanks uh, for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Sean.